0: Well hello everybody, my name's JP and uh, if I've not met you before, um, I'm one of the leaders at Grace Church and a very happy Easter uh, to you all. Uh, I wonder how many of you, by the time you're watching this, have uh, already eaten an entire chocolate Easter egg? But really, how many of you didn't even wait until Easter Sunday? Yeah, yeah, you've been busted. Except you haven't because we're on YouTube and so no one's probably seen you so you kind of got away with it. It might be that um, this, uh, watching a a message over YouTube is is a whole new experience for you and if that's the case I want to say it is really great to uh, have you watching uh, along with us today. We release one of these messages um, on our YouTube channel every week actually and uh, this one's going to be uh, about 20 minutes long today Um, But we would love to meet you, actually, and um, connect with you, get to know you a bit. It's so important in these days to be um, connecting with people um, in wider society. And uh, so you can visit gracechurchnottingham.org to find out uh, ways that you can get in touch and get connected. We would love to invite you uh, to do that, as we'd love to get to know you. Kids, it might be that there's uh, some of you watching as well. And uh, I hope you've got a good Easter egg today. Top tip for you. Ration your chocolate. Ration your chocolate. Because you will thank yourself when you are still going in lots of days' time on your Easter chocolate. But your brother or your sister uh, or your best friend run out of chocolate and saying, Oh, all mine's gone. You can sit there smugly and say, Well, I am still going. And actually, kids, I I want to um, set you a challenge today, um, if you're watching along. In that, um, for all of us today, I'm going to be talking about... How does the resurrection of Jesus Christ, so that is that Jesus properly died, but then physically rose to life again. How does the resurrection of Jesus Christ give us hope? And kids, I'm going to be using the words hope and resurrection a lot. So I want to challenge you to keep a tally of how many times I use those words and tell me at the end uh, which one of those words has been used more in this message. I would love to know, you know, during these weeks of lockdown, one of the things that um that I've noticed as I've uh, been out on my uh, daily exercise or attempts to at least, um, has been that people's gardens are looking a whole lot better, aren't they? Uh, lawns have been mowed, weeding's been done, uh, spring flowers are out. And in our house there's, I would say, two main challenges to uh, to keeping our garden. Um, one of them is my daughter and the other one is my son. So, uh, my wife Emma and I haven't had an awful lot of time to, uh, to work uh, on, on our garden, but, uh, although neither of us are, are particularly green-fingered anyway, um, you know, this, uh, uh, amidst all the kind of overgrown bushes and the, the weeds that, um, that, that I don't know if they're plants or, no, I've no, or not, I've no idea what to do. But the other day, I, amidst the chaos of our garden, I did notice one solitary daffodil standing firm in, in all its beauty. It was, uh, it was a bit of a, a thing of beauty amidst the chaos. It was almost as though it was a, a sign of life uh, amidst these dark times. And you know, it was this time about 2,000 years ago where one of Jesus' friends and followers, a, a guy named Peter, he was going through a, a pretty dark time too. Because he'd met Jesus three years previously, and he'd had a leading role in, in Jesus' ministry. And all of this, in spite of his his mouthiness, his, shall we say, simplicity, uh, he often got things wrong. Um, he, he'd seen at close quarters the, uh, the life-changing effect that Jesus had had on thousands of people as he'd healed them, as he taught about the God who loved them. As Jesus had spoken about this radically new way of life, which was actually what we were made for all along. That is, to know God personally. And then, out of nowhere, Jesus started talking about dying. And Peter claimed that he'd never let it happen, but but Jesus rebuffed it. And Jesus actually said to him, before you hear a cock crow, you are going to deny me three times. Deny that you even know me. And and one thing led to another. Jesus was arrested. Peter got freaked out. And he denied that he even knew Jesus at all. And then a cock crowed. Jesus was crucified. And then everything went silent. No more Jesus meant no more hope. And darkness literally covered the earth. It's meant to remind us of the creation of the world right at at the beginning of the Bible, when it was dark too. And then God spoke and life came forth. And on that Easter morning, God also spoke. And life came forth. And Jesus, who had been crucified, who was bound, who was in the grave, rose gloriously to life. And sent word to his disciples that he he was alive and even singled out Peter. He Singled him out because he was ready to restore him. Ready to give him a new start. Ready to give him a new hope. A living hope if you like. And changed by that experience, Peter went on to tell loads of people all around the world about the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And he actually wrote two letters to churches that we find in in the New Testament. And I want to read very briefly from one of those today. So uh, this is a a letter called 1 Peter. It's in chapter 1. It's just verse 3, so very near the start. And here's what this guy, Peter, wrote. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so on this strangest Easter day that I suspect most of us can ever remember, with the lockdown continuing, I want to speak on the hope of the resurrection. And, and off the back of that verse, what I want to do is, is draw on the experiences of a number of people within Grace Church and the different scenarios and lives that they represent. I, I sent them all this question. In what way does the resurrection of Jesus give you hope right now? And we'll hear from various ones of them as we go through. But the first thing is this. The first thing is that the resurrection means that there's someone to talk to. The resurrection means there's someone to talk to. Now, this is a very simple point, but let's not miss the obvious in these things if If Jesus being fully God and fully man is alive today, then that means he's alive to help you and you can engage with him. A friend of mine who uh, works within company pensions, it's a very volatile market at the moment. there are lots of concerned people. Here's what he says. He said, because Jesus is alive, the resurrection, I know. That God is always with me. You know, in these times of isolation, it's so important that we realise that we can talk with the one who specifically said to us, I am with you always, even to the very end. This is the same Jesus who was crucified so that we could receive total forgiveness, who rose again to complete a resounding victory. He knew the ultimate isolation so we could know the ultimate intimacy. In Jesus, truly hope is alive. And that's why I want to encourage you to reach out to him in these days. And that might be a a new concept for you. You might be saying, well, how do I do that? I want to encourage you that there are no special words that you need to use. You can be really real and honest as you speak out to Jesus, and you can know that you will be heard. Do you know my testimony, my story, this week we've got a couple of kids in our house as I've Uh, referred to and as many parents are are finding at the moment it's it's ups and downs with them there's some great moments but there's some tough moments as well and often I've been finding at the end of the day and in uh, uh, one day this week in particular I was just tired at the uh, 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 kind of come five o'clock ish I was um, finding myself snapping at the kids I was um, irritable it just felt like tea time and then bath time was and then bedtime such a battle and I I just felt like I was operating out of frustration I didn't feel like I was doing a good job, didn't feel like I was serving my kids particularly. And uh, when they finally got to bed, I came downstairs, I sat on the sofa and um, just thinking over what on earth had happened in the last couple of hours. Do you know, I, I just felt like a really bad dad, just felt like I'd really let my kids down. And then I remembered that the resurrection is my hope, that Jesus is alive and alive to help me. And I was able to begin to engage with him, able to begin to tell him how I felt and able to begin to receive his courage, encouragement, that he will give me the strength I need and the ability to parent that I so desperately need to keep me going. And it can be so for you as well. So where are your pinch points? What things are you struggling with or fearful of right now? Jesus is alive to help you. The second thing is this, that the resurrection proves the Christian faith. It proves the Christian faith. And when Peter, in, in the verse that we read out, puts the, the resurrection right at the heart of, of Christian hope, what he does is he chimes in on a wider New, Pes- uh, New Testament de- depiction of, uh, of the resurrection really as, as the centre point of Christianity. It says elsewhere in in the scriptures that that Christianity stands or falls on the resurrection. You know, the Bible says that the resurrection is the way that we know that the ultimate death blow was dealt to all of our failures to take God at his word, to all of our mistakes, even to the powers of darkness. It says that Jesus was raised from the dead so that we might be given a pure and perfect standing before God. And it says that it's the way that we know that Jesus was the powerful son of God, Lord over everything. You know, there are so many questions that I don't know the answer to right now when will this lockdown end, when will the wider crisis end? What effect will it have on me or those around me during it or after it? Will my kids find out if I eat their Easter eggs? So many questions I don't know right now but what I do know is this, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ raised his Son from the dead and that gives me hope amidst all adversity. Because if Jesus was raised from the dead, then the supernatural must exist. There must be a God to do that. And if that God raised his son from the dead, then he must have the power to do anything else. And if the resurrection happened, it must have happened to show something. And who did it happen to? It happened to the very one who said that he, being God himself, loved me and gave himself for me. And if he did that so that I could be saved, I know that he must be really for me. And if he did that, I know that there must be life beyond death. There must be hope beyond despair. Truly everything stems from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Another of my friends who's a a foster carer battling with how they can um, fulfil that role at the moment in a a care system that is suffering the the terrible effects of, of the lockdown. Here's what they said. I once heard someone say, sometimes God waits until it's too late. In order to show that it's never too late. And never is it demonstrated more powerfully and beautifully than in the resurrection of Jesus. Things must have looked pretty bleak to his followers when Jesus was dead in the tomb. But it was darkest before the dawn. It gives me hope right now because it reminds me that no person or situation is ever too dark. Difficult, messy or broken for Jesus. There's nothing he can't overcome, not even death and the grave. Right now in the world, things look pretty bleak. But we have a bright hope for tomorrow because Jesus is alive. But if truly everything stems from that place, it's pretty important to verify it, right? Right? You know, we're not just uh, talking here about um, some opinion on what should happen with the Premier League season or a view on how the government have handled the coronavirus crisis, are we? We're we're talking about, about a belief that Jesus Christ, being God in the flesh, was crucified, died and then got given life again. We do know, of course, that Jesus had died. The Romans who crucified him were experts in this most brutal form of killing. And crucifixion was an everyday activity for those involved. We know that after 39 ferocious lashes and then further violence, Jesus was crucified on a cross. Numerous historical records, both Christian and those that wouldn't have a Christian slant, that testify to that. And at the end, a spear was thrust into his side and blood and water gushed out of his body, showing that he died. Here's what one of the apologists says about that event. The spear apparently went through the right lung and into the heart. So when it was pulled out, the accumulation of fluid around the heart and around the lungs came out. This would have the appearance of a clear fluid, like water followed by a large volume of blood just as the bible says we know that jesus was then buried in a tomb that that many people saw his disciples saw it other named followers saw it the roman guards the roman and the jewish authorities the whole crowd who were watching his death they all saw where he was laid it's just Far too many people for the theory that everybody just went to the wrong tomb. That is such a weak reading of the data. It was guarded at its entrance by a whole legion of soldiers with a a huge boulder rolled in front of the the groove in front of the tomb. It was the highest of security because the authorities were so scared by Jesus' claim. That one day he would rise once again from the dead. And then something happened on that Sunday morning that turned despair into hope for the followers of Jesus. The guards who were professionals, by the way, they couldn't come up with an explanation, even though their life was in danger. Jesus had been in the tomb dead. And then suddenly he wasn't, and they'd seen nothing. The authorities couldn't reproduce the body of Jesus, even when events got out of their control, and even when they really could have done with doing so, because the body wasn't there anymore. There was nobody that had both the motive and the means to steal and hide the body. And then these despairing disciples, these followers of Jesus, suddenly, out of nowhere, became willing to testify, even to the point of death, that they had seen with their own eyes the risen Jesus, because truly Jesus was alive. The documentation notes that he appeared to over 500 people, most of whom were still alive at the time of writing and able to be asked. Just way too many for for any kind of theory that there was some mass hallucination that went on. And consequently the message of his resurrection spread all across the world. Do you know in, in 1958 there was a... A guy by the name of Frank Morrison who um, wasn't a Christian, he he didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and um, he set out to write a book uh, proving that Jesus did not rise from the dead. And uh, as he began to investigate the evidence, as we've just touched on, what he found was that he couldn't complete the book that he wanted to write. What he actually found was that he changed his mind. And that the evidence was so compelling that he he was forced to say by his own conscience that it points to the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. And he became a Christian and he wrote a book called Who Moved the Stone. So compelling were the facts that he looked at. Because it's worth saying that if there was no supernatural element to the resurrection, there is no question how the data is to be interpreted. But the fact there is something so miraculous and yet so well attested. Maybe this is God. Maybe he's trying to get your attention right now as you watch this in your lounge in your house, in your bedroom, wherever you are watching this. Maybe in these despairing coronavirus times, he wants to show you his living hope and give you a new start. Because the resurrection is the seal of everything that Jesus said. A friend of mine again within Grace Church who um, it is an, an older lady she's uh, forced to stay in her home for um, uh, for the 12 weeks that have been specified she's been struggling with some of the technology that um, has been a blessing to so many of us in, in keeping in, in touch with people uh, she said this about the resurrection she said the resurrection gives me a hope and an assurance that there's more to live for than this life offers it means that Jesus keeps his promises. The last thing is this the resurrection is the dawning of eternal hope. I've mentioned hope quite a bit already, and kids, if you're watching and counting along, then perhaps you can tell me which one's winning at this point, and rem- remember to get in touch with me afterwards. I'd love to know hope or resurrection, which gets said more. But on that Sunday morning as as news began to dawn that uh, Jesus had been raised from the dead it was as though hope started to arise for many and actually it's continued to do so for millions of people ever since that day. Another friend of mine in in Grace Church who who works within the NHS at a a, a national level and, and he's involved in the the UK coronavirus strategy actually, and here's what, what he said uh, very honestly. He said, at the moment it feels like in lots of aspects that I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough at work to fight this thing, I'm not doing enough to help with my wife and the kids, I'm not doing enough to get the exercise and the rest that I need, I'm not doing enough to, in, to use this time to um, engage deeply with God. But I'm grateful that the resurrection means I have a saviour who has done more than enough, that his sacrifice is enough. The son did more than enough when he drank my sin to the dregs. The resurrection seals that with certainty. So when I look to the resurrection, I look to a finished work. I look to an acceptance of my broken works, bound up In his perfect work. But the brilliant thing about the resurrection is that it also shows the dawning of a new era. It shows that God's restoration and redemption of the world has begun. It showed that in in, in starting with Jesus, God had begun to make the world anew. A work one day to be fully completed, where those who trust in him will live eternally with him in his perfect, redeemed world. Because the resurrection isn't just proof of faith for this present life. It's the hope of eternity. Another friend of mine in Grace Church, she's a a, a GP, but uh, sadly has been off sick for the last few months and is desperately missing the opportunity to help people um, right now. Here's what she said. The resurrection means that the suffering of these present times is just not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us one day. It gives me an eternal perspective. Another friend who's part of our staff team here, who's actually preparing to to start a new church amidst all of this. He said the resurrection means that if my granddad dies, he has a certain hope of resurrection. You know, when you know and think upon the resurrection of Jesus, you know that even death itself has been dealt the ultimate blow that it's not the end, that right now there is a man in heaven, Jesus Christ. And his resurrection is my own guarantee that one day I too will be raised to newness of life. That my new birth, if you like, as the verse talked about, as a Christian, will lead to a never-ending life. In a place of it of perfect peace and that as verse four says following the one that we we read that I will have an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading that's my hope I want to end with a quote from uh, one of the commentators uh, on the book one Peter that this verse came from here's what he said his name's Edmund Clowney and he said our hope is anchored in the past. Jesus Christ rose. Our hope remains in the present. Jesus lives. Our hope is completed in the future. Jesus is coming. So how about you then? You know, it might be that you would call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And if that's the case, I really want to encourage you to uh, write down and discuss and pray through uh, the ways that the resurrection gives you hope. You know, many of the the people who I I asked that question to, how does the resurrection give you hope right now? As they wrote their responses, they, they said what a helpful exercise they'd found it to just think, consider and then write down how the resurrection gave them hope but perhaps you wouldn't say that you're a a follower of Jesus and maybe this message has made you think a little bit well why not begin to talk with Jesus as, as I was saying earlier he's alive after all it might be you want to read something about the evidence that I said was so compelling if that's the case I want to recommend this book The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. I find it so helpful in my own investigations. But it might be actually that at this time, you'd you'd consider exploring the claims of the Christian faith online. Hey, why not? Meet some new people. Discuss these these things a little bit more. Well, you can head to gracechurchnottingham.org forward slash alpha to register your interest and someone will be in touch with you. But that's all from me. Happy Easter, everybody.